The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Hi, everyone. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This is your host, Tim Ash, and this week my guest is Brian Massey, the conversion scientist. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So your company is Conversion Sciences. You're based out of Austin, Texas. Keep it weird. Um, and uh, I understand that uh, when you present, when you and I have presented workshops in the past, you always wear the white lab coat of the Conversion Scientist. Uh, that's a pretty kind of lofty title. It sounds like uh, there are a lot of things that go into conversion rate optimization. Can you tell us about why it's... it's uh, it's such a high art, if you will. It is a, a, a complex process. Um, somebody who is really committing to making their website a, um, a force in their business, generating leads and sales through their website, um, maybe upping their spend on driving traffic, uh, they have a lot of things to get their head around before they start planning out uh, their optimization, the optimization of their pages, landing pages, home pages, etc., what are some of those uh, kind of things or disciplines or areas that th- that they should be at least aware of? Uh, just kind of list them off at a high level. At a high level, there there are some bottom ends of the stack, the bottom part of the stack that uh, that I focus on. And it starts off with what are the business goals as it relates to the web. I mean, um, it, it may seem um, uh, it may not be obvious exactly um, what you can have the web do for your business uh, at the basic at the basic level generate sales, generate leads, but the web can be doing a lot more for you, generating calls, etc. So you want to make sure that you're you're looking at the things that it can be doing for you. Then you got to understand who's coming and who your most important visitors are. Um, that's a process in and of itself and organizing what you know about your visitors so that you're producing the right content. Then you need to put the strategies together to get that content out. As you know, marketers, effective marketers online today are publishers. And then picking the right channels and the right strategies that get that content out to your uh, ideal prospects. Those parts of it um, uh, have a, a number of different disciplines that you've got to get your head around. And at that point, you can really start optimizing and, and increasing those conversion rates so that the, the site becomes an engine of industry for you. Well, well, that sounds like um, you think of it as really not too different than general online marketing. Then, it's just conversion touches every part of that. It is, but you do you 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 behave differently when you're really focusing on business goals that are affecting the bottom line. So, um, a lot of websites have to support investors. They have to support uh, brand and image marketing, and those are very different animals. And as you know, the the brand interest can often conflict with a conversion interest. Yeah, so, I remember uh, one time we were working with a, a, a large website, uh, we shall remain nameless, but a huge company based out of Texas. Actually, in fact, they have Texas in their name and mm-hmm. instruments at the end of it, but no. 
Anyway, we were, we were we were working with their homepage and got a 179 page design and style guide of how and brand guidelines of how exactly their logo and colors had to appear on the site. So uh, definitely, the brand guardians uh, can stick their nose into the process. I would say. And unfortunately, they put things in there that imply things like no content can appear above the fold uh, <laughs> unless it's gratuitous, and we insist on having large flash banners that draw the attention away from the key messages, things like hey, that. Hey, you weren't supposed to sneak a look at their site. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty quick no, fingers. No, but, but seriously, uh, no, so, so let, let's talk about that tension of... Uh, Kind of the the brand guardians versus conversion. What do brand guardians care about? Well, uh, the truth is that as uh, as a conversion scientist, I have to honor the brand requirements. I think that if you took uh, almost any business and and just tested, just technically tested your way, your pages would start to look like the uh, affiliate marketers out there, um, and that's just not going to support. Uh, the consistency across all channels that, that a brand wants. So I'm not saying that brand is bad, but um, uh, you definitely need to pick your battles. And the one thing we've got on our side is data. So if we can get to the point where we're collecting data, trying some things, and can prove that, yes, the big gratuitous brand flash banner is reducing people actually getting to the content that uh, turns them into prospects, uh, you start to make headway. It's uh, it's never a, a first time out of the gate win. Okay, but how do you balance those two? So let's say, you know, I mean, obviously we know that we want to put the attention as people focus on conversion on the call to action and the whatever the the actual objective is, and that probably greatly conflicts with having animation or flash or having some giant thing at all taking up the prime real estate on the page. So. When you say, well, you have to honor that, what does that mean in practical terms? Do you, is it sometimes that you have to go and beat these guys over the head a little bit? Or is it uh, you cave in and, uh, you know, you just take the bottom of the page below the fold and try to do something with it? Or, I mean, what's in yeah, between? Do what you can with it. Uh, well, I mean, uh, for, for each element that they're placing on the page that's developing a, a brand experience, if that's what you want to call it, um, how can you make that element better for conversion? So we keep talking about the the animation header, and I'm, I'm thinking in particular about the, the frequently used uh, slow rotation, fade in, fade out for messages. If you can make those messages and the copy in those messages um, more offer-oriented or highlighting content in the site that you know is um, going to help move someone forward from a conversion standpoint, that would be a win. So you've got your brand experience, but you have a little bit better conversion messaging within it. Those sorts of compromises are the, the, the things that I look for. Um, what other kind of uh, guardians are there? I mean, I've written a column in, in my Click Z column. I've written recently about uh, the brand guardians and about IT and other groups within an organization that have the power to say no. Um, have you run across others? <laughs> Uh, you know, on the team, I actually have a similar uh, set of personas in my uh, in my presentation that I do uh, that I'm going to be doing here in October at a show. And um, uh, there's the shell shocked copywriter who has been through so many group edits of people who aren't copywriters that he or she has simply stopped writing persuasive copy. So you go and you, you present them with the plan and tell them what you need, and they come back with the typical brochure-sounding copy that you, we know isn't going to convert. That's one thing. 
Um, of course, the designer who um, absolutely uh, all of this conversion talk is new and maybe hasn't really understood how to take a persona and apply it to a page um, is always a stop. I, you know, I tell my clients to look for designers who are talking about drawing the eye, and I know that you're a big, um, a big proponent of, of contrast and white space and using elements that draw the eye to the important parts of the page rather than design strictly for for this brand experience or what's cool or what will be interesting. Okay, so supporting um, the brand guardians, would you say, are the, the the traditional designers, not the conversion-focused designers. I mean, I can rant on about that, and, and I have in the past, but um, it seems like designers are really, uh, what do you say, frustrated, fine artists that didn't quite make it, so they're trying to take out and inflict their creativity on the poor landing page. Would that, would that be a, a fair shorthand, or is that too harsh? <laughs> No, that I, I would say I would say that that's fair. That's fair. I, I've um, uh, probably fifty percent of them aren't willing to um, uh, at least consider what you're offering. And to tell you the truth, uh, for me, what it means is I'll, I'll do a mock-up on the page or do a wireframe. Um, they will come back with a mock-up, and I just have to keep changing it. And you just have to keep pointing out the thing over and over again. If you do this conversion rates are going to tank. If you do this, conversion rates are going to tank. Um, and um, maybe half of them will, will, will get there. Um, the other half, uh, you just have to try use some tests to, to prove them what you're trying to do. So basically, you let them tank and then you clean up the mess afterwards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a better answer than that. I love to say, no, 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 but... Um, it does happen. Yep. All right. Well, we are going to take a, a break for our sponsors, uh, and we'll be back after this short commercial break to find out why the devil didn't go down to Georgia. He went down to Austin. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. 250000 dollars in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. That's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, 
social media campaigns with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Traffic. Leads. Money. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Welcome back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week we're chatting with Brian Massey, the conversion scientist. Now, Brian, I understand that somewhere deep back in, the, in your sordid past, you was a fiddle player in high school. Is that right? I'm denying it. I'm denying it. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> no, okay, wait, wait. What, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin, which is what the rest of the world calls it, in Texas anyway? Um, well, so if, if, you, if you look at the, uh, the breadth of all the violin players in the world, there are those that have just enough um, modicum of um, uh, self-image that they want to call it something different. So there really is no different other than I could play a few hoedowns. Uh, but I was playing in an orchestra. <laughs> when the girls ask you what you do, you don't say, I play violin. You say, oh, I play fiddle. And in Texas, that works. <laughs> so basically it comes down to that age-old thing of whatever gets the girl, huh? It's positioning. It's all about positioning. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, let, let's go back to the... You know, we were talking before the break about this uh, uh, graphic designers and you know how some of the time they just aren't willing to be flexible or you have to go back and, and redo it. I mean, one of our solutions that we've come up with for that, we, we do, as you know, express reviews over a go-to meeting online and critique a landing page. And we had so many people butchering the results of that. and In other words, when they came back to us with their designs, they were just completely wrong and completely mm -hmm. off-base that we just kind of gave up and started offering another service called Express Fixes where we'll actually do the Photoshop mock-up for them and say, here, give this to your web developer and have them chop it up into the page. Don't take any liberties or, you know, otherwise it just becomes this game of telephone and it never gets done right. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask, doesn't that even set more of the designers on edge that someone else is, is messing with their designs, with their art? It, it does, but what you, we, we, yeah, you're absolutely right. So I guess what this comes back to, and uh, this is kind of what you were saying, is there are a lot of stakeholders at the table. So if you get a group together on a call and you kind of rub some salt into the wound and the boss, the, the director of marketing or VP of marketing agrees, then they have the power to kind of say to the graphic designers, hey, you know, stay on a real short leash here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that another thing is that you um, uh, you often are working on uh, page by page or set of page basis rather than uh, site wide. Is that a fair is that a fair assessment? Uh, well, no. I mean, if you have to kind of look at it as a, if it's a page that's part of a site, then you have reworked the shell globally, and that's going to be the look and feel, the layout, and you know the navigation elements, and you know the information architecture, and what the menu items are in the first place. That all needs kind of a global rework, and then of course the body of each page will will need a substantial rework as well. Yeah. So, uh, and I think it applies to both. Um, and and you know sometimes you can. Um, 
you can have more back and forth with the designers if they really, really own the brand. But uh, if you, as long as you agree um, on the the business direction, like you were saying, one of the things we do to kind of avoid any issues there is we do wireframes first, and we get agreement on the gross use of the screen real estate. Have you ever done that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like we work with a large uh, clothing catalog retailer, and um, you know, we said the purpose of your homepage is to help people navigate. So here's the men's store, here's the women's store, and here's the children's store. And they came back after that wireframe with a design that had a giant banner for their summer sale. And we said, mm-hmm. no, 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 let's go back to the wireframe. This is what you agreed to do. And then they kind of got in line. So you're doing a lot more design work than I had uh, imagined. Yeah, well, we th- I think that's uh, it, we were kind of forced into that role. Um, I don't know. Again, it, based mm-hmm. yeah. on what what you were saying, what you say, I mean, you can either have it misinterpreted, you can have it take too much time and too many revisions, or you can just say, "Here, just build this." And we yeah. found that that was an easier way to go. Yeah, we have started talking about uh, more about how conversion uh, marketing is really involves a culture change, and it touches on so many things. We talked about copywriting. We talked about design. We've talked about uh, analytics and testing and optimization. Um, the fact that every communication, be it through a web page or even through email, which is uh, usually an issue, uh, is a test. And so there has to be this this set up set up the test, even if you're just sending one version and then looking at your results. So you learn something. And having a champion at the company is uh, usually a marker for success. Somebody who is committed to that and has enough pull to. Um, um, to, to grab the strings and make sure that, or grab the reins and make sure that the, the, the cart is still going in the same direction. And um, I've actually partnered with another company to provide that championship and that implementation interface at customers, and it has been working very well. So you're saying you know, you basically have to, I hate to overuse this word, but change the DNA of the business and have them really you know, come around to seeing conversion rate improvement as central to their success. Yeah, and it's, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm aware that people aren't coming to me to change their culture, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, there is a shift going on. I said it earlier, marketers are becoming publishers. I think content is very important, and how it lives on a page is 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 very important and being able to test it is very important and the traditional campaign oriented marketing department isn't well equipped for that sort of thing so uh, yeah I think we have to be talking about the, the cultural shift okay so where do you where do you do that in the organization okay well first of all let's talk about the, the kinds of companies you work with and, and tell me what level you're going in who you're talking to, to in order to get this done yeah, so usually I'm initially being engaged by uh, someone at a uh, director or doer level. And I work with businesses from shops on the corner here in Austin all the way to uh, uh, TXU Energy, which is a major uh, energy retailer in North Texas, multi-billion dollar company. And, um, but, you know, the products that we work on, the lines generally have small marketing teams. So we engage there, and um, one of the things we've been working with is uh, a concept called agile marketing. Um, my my partner Rose Holston's been working on this, and it's how do you how do you get um, the the huge marketing effort that can come from from one of my reviews and the content that you have to develop into a set of sprints where you do a little bit, you measure your results, you move, and that tells you what you want to do next, and organize things into a series of sprints, sometimes parallel. 
the great thing about that is it, it gives a marketing department kind of bite-sized tasks to do and the results on the on the back end of those things that tell us we learned something and they begin to, to kind of drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak. So uh, those those little wins um, really have helped. Um, it, it does put, you know, if there's a potential tripling of conversion rates, it moves it out in time, but sometimes that's what you have to do to get anything done. Very good. Well, that sounds like a, a page was lifted from this software development uh, book because agile software development has been around for a while, and it very much works in that fashion of uh, doing short-term projects, not necessarily getting it right, just getting something up there and then refining that through quick iteration. It's also called you know, scrums and you know, these kind of really fast group efforts. Uh, so exactly. that's kind of what you're advocating, right? Yeah, 15-minute daily meetings. Can't go beyond 15 minutes. Um, exactly, all those things. Pairing, uh, where, where two people are involved in an effort to, to get it done without having to route things. Um, exactly, it's completely stolen from, from the developer side. Okay, terrific. Well, we're going to take another break here, and then we'll be back with Brian Massey, the conversion scientist. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 
SEM Synergy, live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And this is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, continuing our series of interviews with thought leaders with Brian Massey. Brian, before the break, we were talking about uh, organizational change, having um, kind of a champion inside of every organization. Uh, but how do you sell this change? I want to talk about that a little bit. So do you have to tailor your message to each uh, kind of participant in this process or everybody that's got to get on the bus? Well, um, we have some tools that actually uh, help with that. Um, we actually use a persona process, which does two things. Number one, it, it creates these, these straw men for the visitors that we're going to go after. And by going after those visitors, we get a much larger swath of people. So it helps us understand how we want to talk to them, what kind of content we're developing for them, and what's bringing them to the website today. The process defines those which can communicate to everybody on the team who we're going after but the process also is a facilitated um, consensus so uh, getting the important people the right people involved in deciding what those are um, builds in the uh, the acceptance as we start to roll out changes so that tool is, is um, in, uh, in especially in larger organizations is absolutely the godsend um, it changes the conversations too. We we stop talking about what we could do on the page to what would Tom like or what would Mary like, and Tom and Mary are are the names of these personas. So it changes the conversation. Other than that, we've we tried sneaking in, you know, having some success and letting that kind of grow slowly. But honestly, I just don't see that working as often. Okay, so what I hear you saying is you have to get upfront, kind of affirmative commitment from everybody, and that by recasting the uh, kind of common use cases or visitor classes that are coming to the website into personas, you're in effect instantiating them and making them, putting a face on them literally and um, getting everybody to think in terms of those visitor classes. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And when you're so, talking use cases, there's a certain set of people that will be involved in that, development, design, etc. When you talk personas, it invites a larger swath. You get customer service people and sales people involved. So I think just uh, changing the, the terminology is, uh, opens the kimono to more people. Okay, so don't get stuck on uh, you know our own high priest terms from the usability side of things and uh, you know, make it more in plain language that's applicable to a wider group of people. Yes, and I think that the, they're, they're complementary. Case studies get into more of the detail of, of exactly what you want to implement than personas typically do. Okay, all right, very good. Uh, so if, um, if I had to ask you for three ways to get a culture of testing or conversion improvement jump-started in a company or three practices, you may have talked about it already, but give us a quick checklist, three things you should do today right, starting right now to get the ball rolling. Uh, so uh, 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 I think that developing personas is a big step. It is not for every organization, but that would be at the top of my list. 
uh, work from a um, an editorial calendar, even if you're in a business-to-business sale, um, uh, work from an editorial calendar of content so that you've got to you understand what you're going to be delivering over the next X number of months and can align yourself accordingly. Um, and treat every every communication, every publication as a test. Again, even if you're not doing multiple versions and split testing, if you're just serial testing, every time you put something up, there should be a point at which you say, all right, we're going to go and look at the analytics and see what's going on, see if this is working well, if it's not working well. Because you pretty quickly got to get to the point where you're you're pushing aside the things that aren't working and embracing the things that are because you just don't have the resources to do everything. Okay, and also you have to kind of build on the bones of what came before. You have to be willing to throw it out and start over again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, be able to roll back. In a way that uh, our culture here in America of having to kind of reinvent ourselves all the time is is really conducive to that. I think some other cultures actually have a harder time with this and uh, can make incremental innovations but can't just throw out their whole self-identity. Would you say that uh, this applies specifically to, to the American way of doing things? Well, you know, I hadn't really thought of it in terms of uh, cultural, national cultural issues. To tell you the truth, I, I tend to draw my lines more along um, uh, I'm not going to be working for any government agencies, for instance. Because I <laughs> Life's too short. <laughs> it is too short. Um, you know, even a lot of universities exhibit that. Although the University of Texas is a is a client, and we had some some good success there, but the real success that we wanted to get to was completely out of reach. Uh, so, um, so I look at it more in terms of organizationally than than culturally. But I have to give it some thought. Oh, well, very good. Uh, Brian, be, um, I, I know that you, like I said, uh, you've done a bit of speaking uh, on the road. Uh, we intersect on the show circuit. If people want to get a hold of you or hear you talk, tell us about some of the places that you're going to be or, or how they can reach you. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to be at the Direct Marketing Association um, October um, uh, 9th and 10th. I'll be doing a pre-conference intensive two days of conversion that's titled Optimizing Your Website for conversion and business success, and basically I'm dropping everything I know from personas uh, and finishing up with uh, how to measure the conversion rates of your social media programs. Um, I'm going to be at um, the Converge Conference, and this is going to be interesting. I'm going to be doing the keynote for the Printing Industries of America's Converge Conference. These are the printers that want to do cross-media and get into to digital, add digital to their, their portfolio of services. So that's going to be very interesting. Then, of course, Vegas. We're going to be in PubCon. Um, you're going to be there, right? Absolutely. November uh, 7th through 10th, I believe. Yes, and that's that's always a great, great show to go to. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be doing the, um, the um, a part of the um, pre-conference uh, master's group training there, um, focusing on that social conversion rate. Uh, uh, what happens in Vegas has to stay in Vegas. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, no, no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, Brian uh, does a, is, is part of a one-day workshop before the conference, and uh, there are a lot of terrific sessions during PubCon, so we encourage all of you to stop by, say hello to me, to Brian, and to hundreds of other really top-quality speakers and practitioners. I'm afraid that we're out of time for this segment. Brian, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. Sure, sure. You want to tell them where they can plug into uh, all of those those um, events real quick on my blog? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, what's your blog? It's 
www.conversionscientist.com. Conversionscientist.com. Thanks again, Brian, and stay tuned uh, next time for more thought-provoking conversation with landing page optimization thought leaders. This has been your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization.